In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Orange is lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Then Mars face evil's Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 469. Woo! That one's for you, Chad. Uh, <laughs> he, he celebrates everything. I, I, I know, but we acknowledge your presence without your presence being here, Chad. <laughs> uh, yes, Chad. Chad. Chad's had some family issues. I'm sure he will discuss it at, in a future episode, so I won't go into any great detail now, but that, and Dan had his own little mini emergencies last week, but, but Dan's back. He's ready to, he's ready to go. And finally this long delayed Green Lantern 11 review is, is upon us for better. Yeah, or worse. Everyone who, everyone who matters is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was funny before, before your, your situation came up and I'm glad your father's doing better. Thank you. And you're and you're doing better. You think you got sick from going to the hospital to visit? I, I don't know. It really it wasn't even anything bad. It was just like a light cold kind of thing, like no like congestion or stomach stuff or whatever. But like it's also the first time I've been sick at all since before the beginning of COVID. So it's like it's the first when it's the first time you're you're sick to any degree in years. It's like you don't know how to handle it anymore. That that is true. But originally, when we were going to record this like a week ago, I was going to say before again, before things really before things turned, you know, turned worse on on Chad. And I was going to say, well, it would would probably be a little be inappropriate to actually announce that this is the the true episode that the coup is taking place and you're back and he's out. (laughs) I guess we probably should. I guess we probably should push that kick that can down the road a little bit. It might be a little it might be a little cruel doing that in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. We want him to be at his best when we crush him. (laughs) There's there's some validity in that concept. (laughs) Yeah. Does he listen to these? I don't even know. He has a chance he might. If I had to bet, I would probably say no, but he's got a greater chance of listening to this one because of the, because of the topic, I think, because it is Green Lantern 11. If if this had been our Boba Fett episode, you could take it to the bank. You wouldn't be listening to it for a while. Yeah. You hey, ready? Speaking, speaking of Green Lantern number 11. All right. I'm going to shut up and let you. Uh, so Green Lantern number 11, written by Jeffrey Thorne, with art by Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci, finishes by Maria Laura Sanapo, who I just recently learned is married to Marco Santucci. Uh, colors by Mike Atya and letters by Rob Lay. It is an Avengers Endgame style battle raging across Oa. Koyos, the supercharged guardian the size of Godzilla, is trying to erase every trace of his people from the universe with the help of the sorcerers of the Bright Circle. 
What's left of the Green Lantern Corps is teamed up with the United Planets and the Justice League to fight back, but can't match the overwhelming power wielded by Koyos. Counselor Fell confirms that Koyos is being powered by a mixture of spectrum energy, magic, and the anti-chaos weapon from issue one. And according to Nimasini, Joe's ring was designed to disrupt that trinity of forces within Koyos and stop his rampage. Counselor Fell says that Joe's ring was made using a combination of Owen technology and Quardian designs. But before we can find out what that means, both Joe and Hal are shot with magic arrows that destroy their rings. The ultimate plan here is for Koyos to reach out across the universe and absorb every last trace of the Guardians into himself. Every scrap of DNA, all of their technology, and then once it's all contained within him, he'll destroy himself, thus ending the legacy and influence of his people forever. His power reaches out and touches the controllers, the Zamorans and their star sapphires, the planet Maltus, and even the planet Odom, which has a Blue Lantern Central battery tended by a Guardian who may or may not be said. Uh, but before Koyos can succeed, Jon Stewart shows up and punches him in the face. While the two overpowered giants fight it out, Joe tries to reach Kelly since her gauntlet is the only weapon they have left that could make a difference. Joe's words get through and the gauntlet opens, allowing Joe to use its power to attack Koyos with a giant construct of her own, punching clear through his chest and shattering the central power battery implanted within him. Jon uses this moment of weakness to make his move, and the two of them vanish in a blinding flash of light, replaced by a mysterious swirling ball of light. But even if Koyos no longer poses a threat, there's still the bright circle to deal with, and the United Planet ships parked in orbit, who are ready to firebomb the surface of Oa to stop this crisis from impacting other worlds. The power emanating from Koyos fried all sensors and communications, so there's no way for those ships to know what's happening on the surface. So hopefully the Justice League has another Dr. F- Dr. Fate portal ready to go. Uh, the title of this issue is Virtus Equits, which translates to a couple things, but I think it I think the one that matters is Green Knight or Green Cavalry. There's there's something about horses in there. Well, this was an issue. You didn't have fun with this one? Honestly, I was... There were elements of this issue that I did like. Of course, there's elements that make no sense whatsoever. And we'll talk (laughs) about that, as you kind of alluded to with Odom, um, among other things. That there are some things that just make no sense uh, because they don't exist. (laughs) They don't exist now. If they didn't specifically say now, if it was like a flat hearkening back to different moments in the past with Guardians and Malthusians and blah, 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 blah. Okay, but... Uh, I did think, however, I will openly admit, I did think of you when I was reading this issue the first Aww. time because of the fact that we, you know, we had talked on this show a few, t- uh, at least once, I think maybe multiple times about how at some point <laughs> that what re- really should happen is that people stop speaking in riddles and stop being cryptic and yeah. just put all the cards on the table about what's going on. And yet there's a lot of still a lot of that cryptic bullshit going on in this issue, especially before Jon Stewart enters the fray, you know, with the Lonar stuff. And then the even even Nemesini uh, or whatever, trying to tell Joe about a ring. It's like, no, you're it's like your ring can still say like, just get to the point. Some of, I mean, some of the battle scenes were cool. See, on the surface, I liked Hal 
being in this, except the way Hal's ring gets completely destroyed and Joe's ring gets completely destroyed. Now, depending how this gets resolved in issue 12, if Joe ends up having her ring miraculously back and Hal's ring is gone or Hal's ring as in his willpower created ring and his connection to the cosmic grail ring is gone, then I'm then I'm just going to read this. I'm going to be super cynical and read this as well. This is why Hal was in the story, just so they could kind of like deconstruct Hal Jordan and take away some of the uniqueness of of what he had and kind of. In a way, kind of the bad cop, good cop stuff we saw with the Jessica Simon stuff in Green Lanterns, the idea that it's not you can't just build up the character you want to build up. You got to take down somebody else. So I will. I I don't think that it's I don't think it's has negative intent behind it. I look at this as as an easy way to kind of reset Hal to just like like their the where the where this issue leaves us. Like, okay, the two final Green Lantern core rings are gone now. The central battery, remember the central battery that everybody thought blew up in issue two? Well, it was fine. It blew up this issue. <laughs> Joe destroyed it. And we are primed for a massive reset. And this way, you can take just the convoluted mess of what the hell is up with Hal Jordan's ring. Because between, like, oh, yeah, he... He wore a glove for a while that turned him into sentient willpower, but then he made his own ring out of his own willpower. So it's kind of alive and kind of part of him, but not really. And 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 then also there's whatever the hell happened with the Cosmic Grail. I still don't completely understand what the Cosmic Grail thing was about in the Morrison run. This way, they they just they literally they shot him with the magic and it went away so we can just give Hal Jordan a regular ass Green Lantern ring again which I absolutely believe will happen next issue. <laughs> no, I think I think that'll happen too. I'm I'm just I'm just a little disappointed in the sense that I, I reading between the lines and it may not necessarily have been Thorne's doing. I mean, I mean it could be, but it may not. Again, this could be an editorial decision, not a Thorne decision. That this is they kind of want to do that to Hal. They want to knock Hal down a few and, and put it and just go back to your standard stand standard status quo with Hal Jordan's ring not being any more different or any more unique than anybody else's. I there's that part of me that just can't help but think, but that's the main reason why they kind of eventually brought Hal into the story when they kept him out way longer than he should have been to begin with. Yeah, we'll bring him in at this moment just to do that to him. And especially if if Joe ends up getting her ring reassembled or her ring is kind of like Kyle's ring in the traitor story where it's destroyed on the surface, but really it still exists. You just got to will it back together again. I just think that, I don't know. I I think it's a, now if they, if yeah, well, I think what they do in issue 12 might color my opinion on that a little bit more, but I can't help but suspect based on the whole trend and direction of this book, that is very, very likely that, Whatever resolution we get, Joe's going to be in a better position than Hal from a from a ring perspective. You look at I, Cal- I, I mean, mean if- I mean from from a ring perspective, it might be easier to give Hal a ring back than it is to give her because like hers doesn't even run on the same fuel that everyone else's does. So like if they say if they ha- if if John or Nima Sini or somebody handed everybody a big pocket full of Green Lantern rings and their standard issue. I don't know that anything would happen if Joe put one on. It's like they, they, cause hers, like his ring runs on the power to overcome your fear. 
hers runs on the the power to live with it and endure it. So it's like I don't know. I don't I don't I don't see her being able to use a standard central uh standard Green Lantern ring that that uh is fed by the central power battery. I mean I I would agree with that. I think I would just it depends. I still think they're probably going to give I don't know. It really could go either way. It would be interesting if they tried to just give her to give Joe um, a regular Green Lantern ring. It would be interesting. I, but I would almost suspect that that Nemesini would just put that ring back together again. Maybe. Uh, but I I don't know. That, that was that was one thing because I actually enjoyed Hal in this book up until that part when he. You know, the whole when he mentions, the, you know, that he was reaching out to kind of like, you know, reform the ring or whatever. And he how he how they purposely throw in that line about his connection to the cosmic grail is gone. It's like, well, OK, that because it was such a heavy spotlight because they brought attention to it. That just made me think, oh, maybe maybe that's why, you know, Hal's in the book to begin with, just so they can get rid of that and wipe out wipe out all this Morris and stuff and arguably even wipe out the from the lat from the last run with him making his own ring. I mean, the, it wouldn't be the first time that they referenced the Morrison stuff in a way that that uh, that uh, treats it with the, some finality. Because when um, a few issues ago, when Joe and Counselor Fell were looking at that that uh, the the video log of the Guardians yelling at each other, they I think it was in that issue. It might have been God. I don't even remember. I think part of it was in the final issue of Morrison's actual run where we find out that, Oh, those younger guardians that were introduced during that run were, it was like a planned obsolescence. Like they were, they were given limited lifespans because the guardians were trying to overcome one of their shortcomings, which is, which is the fact that they live for billions of years means there's no actual urgency to any of their actions and the universe could be suffering for it. So let's empower a new generation of guardians that's only going to live for a short time and see what trajectory they take. And then you flash it forward to the Thorn run where, you know, after Morrison already established that, we see like the the Morrison era young guardians get absorbed into the regular guardians, which we still don't know what that means. So I mean, I think there is a degree of like wanting to tidy things up because, you know, as well as I do, Green Lantern, certain parts of Green Lantern lore are needlessly opaque and they they don't really have to be. And if somebody can literally say a wizard did it and clear it up a little bit, that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> and I and I don't think like I think. Like, I understand where you're coming from with, like, looking at, like, oh, well, you put Hal into this story, and this is the one significant thing you do with him, therefore, but, like, I don't know, they've been, they, they being the one guy, Jeffrey Thorne has been, like, pretty upfront through these characters that, like, ever since Joe first showed up in the book, the plan has been for Hal to hang back and be the cavalry it when, if and when, like, the shit hits the fan. And then the shit hit the fan and he showed up with the Justice League and gave us an entire issue as a big, dumb, fun fight scene. So I like like I think that was more the point. But I don't know. I do really love the fact that she asks she asks how she's like, all right, how you've done this before. Right. What do we got? What's our plan? What's the plan? What are we going to do? And his his plan is the most how Jordan plan in the world, which is, well, we're going to hit him. Until he stops getting up. 
it's like, all right, great. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Hal. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it kind of kind of like uh, Iron the uh, Tony Stark line from the first Avengers movie is like, we need when Cap goes, we need a plan of attack. I have a plan. Attack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, th- yeah, so the, the stuff. With, so that was when regarding Hal, that was that was that was my initial reaction to that. The, the Kelly stuff again. It's like it's good to know Kelly's been in a coma for like four or five issues, just so basically, she, so somebody she doesn't really know all that well can whisper in her ear, and then she takes, and then the gauntlet falls off. <laughs> I was so oh god, I was so disappointed in this moment because like this should have been Simon. Simon, yes. If if Simon has being bl- blunt, if Simon has any purpose at all in this story, really, that was you're right. That's that's the moment because. She she absolutely would willingly have given that power to Simon, especially and, since he successfully did this exact same thing before in this story. <laughs> and also, as some people, as I did read somebody else uh, point out, there's the fact that, well, if it's not going to be if if you're keeping Kelly on ice for like we assume she'll snap out of this sometime in issue 12. But you essentially take her out for the entire second half of the storyline and have her do nothing. So if it's not going to be Kelly using the gauntlet. And you're not going to have the person she's most connected to, Simon, use the gauntlet. Well, you know, you have Hal just showed up, and there's one guy who's pretty used to using a <laughs> gauntlet. It's like that would that would have been a, if this was a Hal Jordan book, that probably is what would have happened instead of instead of it being instead of it being Joe. So that seemed yeah, to, yeah I agree. That seemed even more unnatural that it was Joe because that would have been a good that would have been a payoff in some of the things they did with Simon. But it's like no. It's like it's got to be Joe. Makes no sense that it's Joe. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I under, I understand them wanting to give Joe this cool moment at the end of the fight, but um, I mean, and you want to do that because other than John, like she and John are the two main protagonists of this arc, so it makes sense. Like, oh, you want her to have like this moment too, but like, it only makes sense from a protagonist standpoint and not from what's been set up with these characters because like i don't know if kelly even likes joe at all i don't know yeah their 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 yeah their relationship is certainly not like the relationship she has uh, as in kelly has with simon so it, it that was weird and just you know you know just a little bit of, a little bit of a pep talk and all of a sudden the gauntlet that she was so reluctant to let anybody come close to taking off her oh and now the question of course is hey the gauntlet's off her are you uh, are the guardians just gonna go you know what Go ahead, keep it, which is probably if they probably going to do that. So that was another thing. That was another thing that struck me in this. The I also want to know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I also okay, no, go know, ahead. Okay. I also want to know where the gauntlet is because after that, after like the the big ball of mystery light shows up, and um, the that Hawkman looking guy is carrying Joe away, she doesn't have it, and I assumed that she was wearing it. Because her giant construct self was wearing it, but maybe it's still on Kelly. Like I don't know where the gauntlet physically is. That is true too. If they really want, if they, but they really wanted to get rid of Kelly, which they probably don't. That would be an excuse, at least for now, because hey, the gauntlet's destroyed. As much as, as much as anything gets destroyed. The 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 Odom the Odom stuff, the stuff with the Malthusians and 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 the uh, controllers, all that stuff was so goddamn confusing. Because none of it makes any sense based on current continuity. I mean, you know, somebody asked me today, you know, how can there still be controllers walking around? Like, what's going on? 
And all I could think to say was that, you know, the controllers are kind of like the Guardians in that nobody, nobody ever seems to know how many of them there are or where they are. Because, <laughs> like, every time a writer comes along and they they put or a, a writer or and or an artist come along and it's their first time on the book and they write a scene with the Guardians in it they they just kind of put in however the hell many guardians they think they there should be and that's just how many guardians we have now and i i don't know i guess like the easy explanation is that that the last time we saw the controllers that just wasn't all of them yeah it's just that whole stretch in in the book was such a it's such a blatant disregard for continuity i mean come on I mean, Odom hasn't, as much as we love Odom, Odom hasn't existed and hasn't been the home planet of the Blue Lantern Corps in a long ass time. So the fact that it's the fact that, oh, it's it's beautiful Odom again, which doesn't exist, that that there's a blue power battery on Odom. The fact that it's Sade, uh, it's like that doesn't make a damn lick of sense either. Uh, So I don't it's that was really, really, really weird. That, that's another thing that that took me out of the book a little bit because it just just because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, that well, this one I think I think this is the one that is like really easy to explain, just because. So so for two reasons. The first is like I went back and I looked at the New Guardians issue, where the Reach overtook Odom and they had to abandon it. We don't like the planet is being like basically like strip mined, but it's still there. And the blue lantern core doesn't like, they're not able to take their central battery with them when they leave. It's like their, their second planet, which I always forget the name of it. Uh, was it, was it an Elpis or something? Yeah, I think some, something like that. It does have a central battery on it, but that might have been a second one. It's like, this could be the original central battery that was still there. Like, I don't know what happened to the Reach. Presumably, they they mined the planet for all it was worth and then left. Like, I, a lot of it comes down to, for me, for me, a lot of it comes down to the fact that we haven't seen what anyone related to the Blue Lanterns have been doing for a very long time. We, haven't, we don't know what St. Walker has been doing. We don't know what Sade has been doing. Maybe they've been rebuilding. You know, like... We'd like the last we saw, Saint Walker was the the only Blue Lantern in the universe. We don't actually know if that's still true. We don't know how long that they've been setting up shop and like fixing up Odom. You know, true. The thing that ta- the thing that that took me out of it was the fact that they're all they're also hitting Zamoran, and and like the the next page, like after we get that nice like like a uh, split shot of both planets that you turn the page and you see all of the like the controllers the zamorans the maltusians odom all like being disintegrated slowly my first thought was oh my god if are they bringing back the blue lanterns in some way just to annihilate them a third time but then i looked i looked a couple panels up i see the star sapphires like crumbling to dust and i'm and i look at the calendar and i i see that this issue came out on february 15th (laughs) i know that jeffrey thorne has said he doesn't like an overabundance of lanterns running around 
but you cannot kill off the star sapphires, the lanterns powered by love, the on Valentine's Day. Well, at least he can try doing that, I guess. He can, and he he is, damn it. So we don't know how far that gets because of the interference and John showing up and, and everything else, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to really know what to think about this issue. I mean, it's it's kind of all over the place. I will say I appreciated the tone of the issue because ever since this, basically ever since Future State, there has been like this cloud of like gloom hanging over Green Lantern because it's like, all right, we all we know it's all going to fall apart. How's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? What's the future going to be now that everything's everything is going to hell? And then you look at this like big dumb space battle on on Oa with, with like the Justice League and like Green Lanterns in mech suits and Hal and Joe are there and like they're quipping with the Flash. And I was like, it's like they they gave us an issue that where like the characters were like kind of having fun and like that it was like a it was like a refreshing change of pace despite the fact that the the stakes are still just as dire as they were but this issue has the feeling of like of like all right we're gonna we're gonna take an issue and just have fun playing with all our toys at once no i i can i can see that i can i can absolutely see that just like i you have to respect koyos's dedication to uh to his single-mindedness. I mean, oh, yes. the issue picks up exactly during pretty much repeating the, you know, at the, repeating the rants that he had in the last issue. And he's, and he's consistent about how basically, you know, we're the disease, we're the plague, we have to be eliminated. So at least again, regardless of whether you agree with that sentiment or completely disagree, if you're in the middle, the reality is you have to at least respect the fact that he's really dedicated to this, <laughs> to this belief. And we see the extreme, the extremes he's willing to go to. There are there are some, and there's certainly high stakes on the surface of what's going on here. It, there are some there are some cool things you can make a case. It's kind of like piling on when when it's like oh oh we we have to uh, you know we have to get all this resolved quick because before they blow <laughs> before they blow all out of crap <laughs> again they blow a boa again. <laughs> It's uh, it's like, it's like, is that one other thing that we really need? I mean, I know from a from a drama or a suspense perspective, it helps, but it's like we got enough crap going on. It's like, do we, do we, do we really need to know if we're in the ten second timer here to do it all? Well, it makes me wonder how, like, even if we we take the end of this issue to mean that Koyos is more or less dealt with, or will we will see him being dealt with next issue? Is he going to get? most of what he wants because everything the guardians have built has been has now finally been devastated like like there's no more central battery there's no more rings like there's there's other lanterns out lantern cores out there still to some limited degree because i don't think i do not believe that he that uh he successfully wiped out the blues or the sapphires but we are being put in a place where we're being put in a place where John is going to be in a position now to build something new because Koyos's rampage has almost entirely wiped the slate clean for the Green Lantern Corps. And I suspect that might have something to do with why we haven't seen solicitations for this book for the last two months or for the next two months, whichever it's both. And you could be, and you could be right about that. Uh, whether it's, whether it, that's the main reason, whether it's dark, 
crisis related that or a combination of the two. It's a possibility. You have to suspect John. Yes, John will be responsible for whatever the new status quo of the Green Lantern Corps is going to be. You would think John, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe all maybe all this all this ascension and he's going to turn he's going to do a ion and he's going to end up returning a lot of the power that he took or that he temper that he has temporarily to re, you know to rebuild some of the stuff that was destroyed i i don't know i think it's there's certainly there seems to be on the surface be a a lot of heavy lifting we still have to get in the uh in issue 12 which on one level seems like it could be like splitting the difference between and we had talked about whether it was going to be a you know, a classic issue 12 where the story, where the actual conflict doesn't get resolved to issue 12 or whether it was going to be more like, Oh, the real conflict is going to be resolved in issue in issue 11 and 12 is mostly going to be an epilogue in dealing with the ramifications. And, and this issue 12 could be a split. I mean, it could be, you may have a for depending on what the deal is with that sphere, you could have it. You could have a, maybe, maybe a third of the book. If it's even that much dealing with, you know, the re, repercussions of that is Koyos alive if he is what do you do with him what do you do with the the bright circle what do you and then and then have the rest of the book deal with the fallout and the you know the future of the hinting at least at the future of the green lantern Corps. well resolution is something i thought about a lot as i like once i finished reading this issue because i there there are so many questions i have had over the last year and we have gotten the answers to some of them, but not nearly all of them. And the amount of things we know now is way less than I thought we would know by this point. And I think it comes down to the fact that, like, yeah, we keep talking about this in terms of it being the end of the arc, the end of the arc, the big finale of the arc. But that has to also be couched in the fact that, you know, Jeffrey Thorne has said on Twitter before that his his Green Lantern story was envisioned as three arcs. And I that I don't know that necessarily means all of them are a year long. But either way, what we're getting is the resolution to only some of the pieces that he introduced in this first year. Like there are things that we have read in the first 11 issues of this book that probably will not be actually answered or resolved until the actual climax of his overarching three arc story. And it's, it's, I don't know, it it kind of, in a way it smooths over the bumps a little bit because it's like, well, we don't know this and that. Oh, well, we, we don't need to know that yet because the story's not over. But at the same time, it feels like it's, it's kind of like constantly like not moving the goalpost. What am I trying to say? It's like, like I'm like you, you go into this thing and like, okay, well, let's see. We'll have to judge this based on how it ends. And all right, we're getting to the ending, except it's not the ending. It's only, it's the ending of the first third. So when is it reasonable to expect to get the resolution to these like plot threads and ideas that have been kind of hanging over us all along? You know, it's, it's that, because we've talked before about like you know the double-edged sword of of the way Thorne likes to play the long game with his uh, his stories and misdirections, and I don't know I don't know how long is too long I guess. Well, 
it probably doesn't bode well when you think about it that again like we we talked about earlier tonight that you were in a way you were hoping you were going to get more answers and you were going to get more straightforward talk as you got to issue 12 yes if you're looking at it as this is maybe close to closing a third of the book of what it's he wants his book to be eventually that this is only a third that's coming to an end so yes not all the cards are going to be put on the table you can you can understand that but considering the pacing and yeah i would say that does certainly question how much resolution we will get in green lantern 12 i would like to think based on how the story plays out in 12 it'll, it, you'd like to think at the very least it makes it clear at least as clear as it can be until we get an official solicit on when the next green lantern book is going to be coming out that you would think of at least point us in the right direction at the very least whether we think thorn is coming back to do another arc which i would suspect that he's going to yeah uh, i think so yeah i think so i think i think based on where editorial is right now whether you like it or not i think i mean i think that's kind of like i i certainly don't think he's done anything to anger them so i don't i think that that you know whether they committed you know whether they actually committed to him for a longer run and we, they just didn't announce it we don't know that maybe but i think either way i would be surprised at this stage if they didn't um at least give him another another year on the book well also if if they knew that issue 12 was going to be his last issue or or if they knew that issue 12 was going to be the series finale or whatever issue 12 solicitation would have had something like that in it like like it's not like they like when they make these kinds of changes like they don't just publish one issue and then decide okay you're done now like like no you've been like you the whole team has been working on next month's issue too so we're and you're you're paying them for that work so you're not gonna not publish it it's like i i'm in a place where i firmly believe the lack of solicitations are are purely for spoiler reasons whether it be for something big happening in green lantern or something connected to dark crisis i agree i fully expect that thorn will be will be back at least for another year on the book but will lonar because we got that one panel where he's like He's like, hey, John, wait a second. The thing that I was preparing for you is actually over there. You got to go fight this other thing. Oh, oh, OK, bye. So I I guess the will whatever Lonar has been doing will continue. <laughs> yeah, Lo, Lo, Lonar might end up being like the annoying counterpart to Abin Sur in the Spectre series uh-huh. where, where he's this. He's this annoying angel on John Stewart's shoulder telling him everything he should be doing that, that he's not and everything that he is doing is wrong. And and it's like uh, it, it clearly may not go that way, but it wouldn't be surprising because let's be honest, Lonar is if there's if there's one character in this book that's really, really, really annoying. It's been Lonar <laughs> more annoying than others, I should say the you know. This the the season one uh, LVP, the least valuable player, has probably been Lonar because he just keeps talking and talking in circles, and it's just it gets it gets really old. At least yeah, at least you can kind of explain it away with with Nemesini, just because of the fact that in a way she was playing everything close to the vest because she didn't she needed Koyos not to realize that she had flipped. But I don't know. It's <laughs> I would even I would even accept it more if Lonar had like a single line of dialogue where he looks he looks to, at John and says look 
my role here is to guide you. I can't tell you everything I know because first of all, I don't know everything. I just know like like the source is pulling me in this direction and it's compelling me to take you with me. Like tell like give us something like that. But as it is, it seems like he is actively choosing not to share the information that he does in fact have. And that's only okay for a little while. And that little while ended a long time ago. <laughs> I I think that sums it up perfectly. I, I do agree with that. I think I think you've gotten way, way, way beyond the point of diminishing returns when it comes to the uh, the speaking in riddles thing. And again, depending on depending on the character, you can get away with some of that if you if you have if you know the character, you have faith in the character, there's reasons to believe the character is though they're not being direct. There may not being there's maybe a reason they're not being direct, but you, but, but even while they're not being direct, you have confidence that they're, they're looking out for your best interest. Like sometimes how, again, continuing the trend here, how, Hal as the specter was that way with Kyle. Sometimes he was yeah. trying to steer Kyle in the right direction, but he didn't want to tell, he, but he couldn't tell Kyle everything that he knew because ultimately that wasn't his place, nor did he want to make Kyle's decision for him. He just he just, you know, he just kind of needed to point him in the right direction and or make it clear that this, you know, this is consequence A, this is consequence, consequence B, like when Kyle decided to take the power and become ion for the first time. It's like, well, we just I'm just giving you choices because I never had those. No one ever gave me that showed me what my two choices were if I went down this path. So I, I'm just giving you that option. But at least, you knew all, all along, Hal was look was kind of looking out for Kyle. Lonar, you've you really don't know much about this guy and he's, and he's so cryptic. You just like, nah, another friggin' new God. You just want to kick in the nuts. <laughs> and like, like you said, like I give, I am totally fine with Nima Sini not telling anybody anything like, like she couldn't afford to show her hand until Koyos made his move and her stepping out into the light happened in the middle of this giant battle where like she's try- she actually at one point during this issue yells to Joe trying to tell her okay here's what you need to do here's what my plan was but she she gets cut off and and like I think that's fine as long as like like you know now the battle is presumably over now it's time for characters to talk to each other I want to I want Nima Sini to to sit down with Joe and say hey here's what's going on hi you know, hello, by the way, we met on Earth. I had a different haircut at the time. And and like I want like I really, really want like a extended flashback scene filling in that part of John's history on Oa, like immediately after Emerald Twilight. I want to know why he didn't do it. Like where where was he and why didn't he do anything to stop Hal when that happened? Why like like there are there are there are questions I have had since this run started that I know for a fact characters in this book have the answers to, they just have to feel like talking about it. And I'm hoping the thing keeping, I'm hoping that now that that Koyos has been dealt with the big chaotic thing, keeping them from talking about it is, is removed and they can just, just have a conversation. Because that's that is what I want the most f- 
from issue 12, I think. I like I want to see these characters actually divulge meaningful information to each other that they haven't been able to communicate up until this point. And I want to see what John builds. I think it is incredibly like like there's so much potential in John Stewart, a cosmic architect who has been a Green Lantern. He has been a dark star. He has been a guardian. He has been an ascended being. He now has more power than the guardians do. And he has a complete blank slate to work with in terms of rebuilding the Green Lantern Corps. I, I would be incredibly surprised if he just puts and puts things back to how they were. I think John, I think John is in a unique position now where he could, he could kind of go against what the guardians would want and say, no, I'm building this my way. And we could get a whole new vision of what the Green Lantern Corps even is. Well, I definitely think that's a possibility. I definitely think that's a possibility. In a way, that's what kind of stinks about kind of like shoehorning everything together on one final issue of this run, um, or this of this arc anyway. And then, yeah. but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to do a post-mortem on this yet because we still need that final piece of the puzzle for the, for, for the first 12 issues of his, of this run. But it's certainly, I would say the last four, at least the last four issues have not exactly been going at a great pace and we haven't gotten as many ants. We have got, it's, it's somewhat ironic that the John's well, this not so much in this issue, but the John Stewart stuff has actually gotten a lot better pretty much ever since Joe got back from dealing with Sinestro. That was like the high watermark for the second part of the book was the stuff with the Sinestro Corps. And then ever since then, the stuff on Oa has been, for the most part, a lot less interesting. And what John was dealing with was a lot more interesting. And then you kind of get back to this when it's like, well, so much of it's on Oa. And it's like, well, it's 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 hard. I, th- I think Jim kind of summed it up to a certain extent, which is like that. He, I think he said something to the effect that he he doesn't think Thorne's a bad writer. He's just telling a story that he's not overly interested in. <laughs> <laughs> and. So where do you stand on this at the moment? Because the reality is I know you were really into this and you were pumped for this when it started in, in the direction that it started going and giving us flashbacks to mosaic and things like that. And now that we're 11 twelfths of the way through. And I think it's safe to say you thought it kind of has gone off the rails a little bit over the last few issues compared to how it started. So where do you feel as we're heading into the, or what, or maybe this, maybe I should phrase it this way. What do you need to happen what do you think you need to have happen in issue 12 to be able to give a thumbs up to this arc as opposed to either a thumbs down or an or a incomplete? Um, well, I mean, it's going to be incomplete no matter what, because this is like essentially part one of three kind of, you know, I think to make for issue 12 to to cap off this arc in a way that makes me happy, you know, what would have to happen it's not even anything really specific. Like, give a few answers to questions that we've had the whole time. Allude to answers that we're going to get in the second arc. And have John make a big decision about the future of the Green Lantern Corps that, like, set that, like, sets the stage for what we're going to be doing going forward. Like I am genuinely interested in seeing 
the new form and like a new definition of what it means to be a Green Lantern in the DC in the DC universe. And I'm I'm I mean the next issue blurb is literally translates to new light. So I think that I think that's pretty much a guarantee to happen. Like I know that we're not going to get all of the answers that I want to get right away and that's okay as long as we get uh, like some of them. And like like basically I want to see the fighting stop before the halfway mark of issue 12 and I just want meaningful dialogue between characters who have not gotten a chance to talk frankly with each other that's like that is where the real meat of this story is for me at this point like I really I honestly do appreciate issue 11 for being a big fun like spectacle but now that that's out of our system let's just let's get some information in here let's get like I don't even want to say like get like get like a lord dump or anything like that but like like Tell us something that we need to know that might have been staring us in the face all this time or recontextualize something that we haven't been thinking about in exactly the right way or something that we've been taking for granted, you know, because I mean, I think I think I genuinely think that the this arc, the first like the first handful of issues were really strong because it was introducing all of these cool ideas. It was looking at Green Lantern in a way that we're not used to thinking about it and add a ton of potential and yeah i was i was definitely won over by the fact that this is the first story arc in like almost 30 years to directly follow up on my like my favorite series in all of comics which has been completely ignored ever since it ended (laughs) and maybe that does skew some of it but i don't know i i i'm I think I I told you during our uh, Book of Boba Fett discussion that I am willing to give the benefit of the doubt to a story almost up until like right up until the end, because I believe that a professional writer and or a team of professional writers like can be smarter than me and can think of something that I haven't thought of. And and the double-edged sword of this run is that that has, in fact, been true. We have seen, we have gotten revelations in this book so far that has shown Thorne has thought of things that I never would have thought of, but some of them were for reasons that I'm not happy with, <laughs> like like the whole, like, oh, Lonar is a shapeshifter. That's, what, that's why he was that, that wasn't multiple people wearing the same uniform. That was just Lonar shapeshifting. What since when can Lonar shapeshift? Well, since now, I just decided that new gods should shapeshift because most gods do. Like that's that's the kind that's the nightmare version of what I'm talking about. Where like, oh yeah, he thought of something that I couldn't think of because I've been thinking within the confines of like what makes sense in this world and with what's been told to us about it. I don't I like the nightmare is we get answers that are very, you know, all oh, the Butler did it. Like there was no way to figure that out. There was no way to see that coming. And it only makes sense with the information that I am now giving you right now in this moment. Don't bother trying to read this book again and, and make this make sense because it's not there. I guess like the thing that I'm going to continue to, to be unsure of is just like 
how much how much slack to give when it comes to kicking the can down the road and how fair that is or is not to think about considering that this was always envisioned as a three arc story. No, I, I, I think that's a pretty, I think it's a pretty fair assessment of what, of what the expectations should be, what, how the book has gone, how the book has gone so far. I mean, I, I, for the most part, I have liked this book more than I imagined that I was going to based on what was, how it started and even what we knew about the arc. So it's just, uh, let's see, let's see how, let's see how satisfying issue 12 is on its own. And I'll say this, regardless of how it ends, I had fun on the ride there. Like I think theory crafting is a lot of fun especially when a, a writer gives you a lot to chew on. And even if 90% of what I came up with was me just completely barking up the wrong tree, it doesn't change the fact that like this book gave me like pretty much a solid year of like really just like, just like a really good time. It would be yeah. way better if it actually pays off <laughs> and becomes something at the end. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll live up to the experience I've been having with it. Well, no, soon enough. Also, MVP of this issue is Mike Atya, the colorist. It's like ever since John ascended, the coloring in this book has been getting better every issue. And like, especially when John and Koyo start fighting and you got like all of this like different light flying every which way. And it's like, just like, he is going to town on this, and I just I love it. Yes, the coloring has been very good. Uh, I don't know if I like the art as much in this issue as I did the last. I think that you get a little more of the unevenness back. Not that I want to go off on that tangent too much, but I but there were a little the in the 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 inconsistencies in body part size, you know, and fitting into in uh, being in proportion. I think some of that comes back. In yeah, this that's issue. right. We forgot like. Like Chad missed the triumphant return of Tom Rainey, who we haven't seen a whole lot of in the last few issues. No, and it is, and it does kind of it it does kind of stand out like a not maybe not a sore thumb, but it is a little jarring because you do notice that those you, you, those weaknesses are unless you really like that style. But for, for most of us, the weakness that we see in the Rainey style comes back in in this issue. I think it's. And the inconsistencies and how certain character, even how Joe doesn't really look like Joe compared to what we're used to. I mean, his Hal isn't bad, but and John as the ascended being is fine. But there's just a lot of characters that are kind of a little clunky, almost the way their proportion is. Yeah, I mean, there's handled. there's there's definitely still moments in here where like, oh, that that perspective isn't quite right, and that head is a little too big, and should that arm be there? But like, it's less than in other issues of his and i wonder like is the reason he's he like they had to bring in like crisscross to do like art and like bring in like um maria laura sanapo to do finishes like maybe like may like i part of me wonders like was tom rainey doing like working ahead and just kind of putting more time into this issue because like i know he doesn't do all of the art in it himself but like i think this is some of his best work on this series. 
Yeah, it's a fine line, but I I think there's there's some truth in it. It's just that we had a couple of issues where, in a way, we had it was not it was a little less little less rainy. So now that it's a little more rainy, it kind of stands out. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't so expensive, I would say that we should get Chad an original art page of Tom Rainey art from one of these issues. That would be funny. Happy birthday, Chad. <laughs> Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on this issue before we drift into feedback? I like the fact that the that Hal and Joe get taken out by the same archer that allegedly killed Koyos in issue one. I like the fact that they bring back that big dragon that the core fought in issue one or two. Um, no, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Cool. Oh, uh, I I you lied. Page one. I have to. I just have to point out because I love it so much. When Koyos turns Oa into his giant head and and vomits fire across space, it's great. We kind of got that at the end of the last the last issue too, didn't we? Didn't he, didn't yeah. he kind of do an ego thing last? That's why it's like almost like picking up exactly where it left off. I thought. Yeah, he was he was just shooting less less fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a great visual. I love it. It's great. 10 out of 10. Best issue of the, of the year. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, I'm just trying to look at what we have here for voicemail that we obviously we didn't uh, Ken's is the big one again. I'm not sure if Ken sent you with those same questions, but we'll do Ken last because the voicemails aren't particularly long. Is it is it a, a big list of like 10 or 12 questions from Ken Liston? Well, it's definitely from Ken uh, because I, let's see, I'm trying to uh yeah let's just i I don't want to go i don't want to go through these yet but i want but i'll give you the first one just so you'll you'll know about oh the first his first his first question is about the one about the green lanterns all being from the united states did you give me okay did you you get those two so i actually i already answered all of these questions in a video that comes out on friday (laughs) all right so you know what we'll do just to make just to make it more interesting i'll even though Ken, you won't appreciate this. I'm going to wait till Chad comes back to do this one. Just so Chad so Chad can answer these besides me then, because there's no point. If Dan's going to answer them all, there's no point. In, I mean, obviously, it would, be, it would be quicker if I just recorded, if I answered it. But you probably would. But you, I'm sure you'd want to hear Chad's thoughts on this, too. Plus, we don't, I, don't, I really don't want to shortchange this email. I know after some time, it's like a fine line. It's like you keep kicking the can down the road. But so... But let's do the voicemail first, and then I'll make a decision about whether I'll tackle any of those. I might do the stuff related to the Thorn Run, at least, and not the just general Green Lantern questions in his email. Uh, okay, so let's let's do let's do Corwin's first. All right. So let's both listen to Corwin's, and then we'll come, and then we'll and then we'll discuss. Hey, fellas, it's Corwin. Just finished the Future Lantern episode. Uh, good stuff, really enjoyed it. And I think from now on, I mean, you guys should probably plug in one or two Future Lanterns every couple episodes of your new discoveries. I think that would be interesting and fun. But, uh, as always, keep up the good work. Take care. The answer to that, Corwin, is no. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) After careful consideration, no. Veto. Veto, I say. I don't know. It's possible. I don't think it's going to be every few episodes. Have you found any more? 
No, but I haven't. I, to be honest, I haven't had much of a chance to delve in. I to really spend a lot of research. I'm I'm sure there's probably one or two I could <laughs> I, I I could come up with, but it 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 it's not bad as a, like a Where's Waldo kind of thing. The idea of seeing if to seeing if with without hours and hours and hours of Morrison-esque needed research to find another future lantern that showed up in a some kind of time traveling lost or one shot issue that was whether it's silver age or something else it 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 is clever almost like a, let's see how many how many we can find so i don't i certainly would want to do it like once a month but it wouldn't be a bad but it would not be a bad thing to like uh almost like have it like be like an appendix and just say well this is here, here are a couple more future lanterns that we found <laughs> i keep thinking that we're going to get more introduced during this justice league versus legion story just because like so much focus on the gold lantern and we've only ever seen one gold lantern like will there be more like what's going to go on with this like like i feel like if there's a place to introduce any brand new future lanterns that would be an easy one but they keep delaying that damn book one issue has come out so far like actually issue two is supposed to come out like tomorrow now after it's been it was delayed a month and it's coming out on the day that issue three was supposed to come out. So who knows? I know. I, I hate I hate when that happens. That's like uh, that's like uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, the Watchmen thing. Um, oh, uh, Doomsday Clock. Yeah, Doomsday Clock. It's like uh, besides a, a 12 issue arc taking two years to come out. It's like, yeah, yeah, you have some of those. Oh, yeah, this is coming out when the other one is or or for a moment in time, like two issues are solicited, like to come out like two weeks apart. And it's like, yeah. That's really going to happen. for <laughs> All right. So let's do let's do Alex's, which is about our book of Boba Fett. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, nobody really used, I haven't really heard people use this, so I thought I would uh, call in. Uh, I just want to say I thought your review of the book of Boba Fett was pretty spot on. Uh, when I finished it, watching it with my wife, we had discussed that we thought that Boba Fett was similar to the Avengers movies, kind of in the sense that, you know, all of them are good, but, like, Age of Ultron, I think, always ranks at the bottom, kind of like Boba Fett compared to the other shows. I never heard anything about a Han Solo cameo, but if they had put one in there, I really, I would have liked to see him interact with Boba instead of Luke. Maybe just because it'd be interesting to see what, Boba Fett, like, how Han and Boba Fett reacted to each other, seeing that I think Han would probably assume there's a bad blood, and Boba would view it as, oh, it's just a completed job. I'm not, you're not my problem anymore. Although, a CGI child Adam Driver would be funny. And, uh, well, well, I think everybody agrees that the Mando episode of Boba Fett was the best, or the best one. I feel like the whole plot line of him being kicked out was kind of pointless. Like, I know he broke the code and, for, by showing his face, but what were the real consequences? You are no longer Mandalorian. Oh, okay. So I can keep all the precious Beskar that is the most important thing to Mandalorians? Oh, and I don't know, the dark saber that technically makes me the leader of the Mandalorians? It just seems silly. But uh, I've rambled long enough. Keep up the good work, guys. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, when you look at the live, you know, the connective tissue in all these universes that and 
that there's always going to be something that doesn't work as well as others, whether it's, you know, the, whether it's going to be the, you know, the Eternals not working as well as either Shang-Chi or, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. There's going to, there's always going to be something that even if it's not bad, it's just not as good as others. So I think that, I think that's fair. I think part of the problem, like we talked about, I think we, you and I probably discussed is the expectation game. Because Mandalorian season one and two was so good, because for someone like me who didn't give a rat's ass about Boba Fett coming into season two of Mandalorian and then liked him enough where I was like, okay, I'm still not pumped. You know, it's not like, oh, it's the Obi-Wan show for me, the the book of Boba Fett. It's like, no, but I'm interested enough where I'll be watching it, where if you had just announced it without having seen him in, in Mandalorian season two, I would have been a lot less interested it just kind of it just seemed like like we mentioned it just seemed uneven so to me that but i think is over i think the overall assessment that at the end of the day it's like yeah it's going to be it's a bigger piece of a whole and if the whole is bigger than the sum of its parts and that's all that probably matters ultimately the uh yeah the mandalore the stuff about taking his helmet again the thing that we have to remember is that that's not a blanket thing for all Mandalorians. That's just, I think what death to death watch that's, that's their hangup. That's like that sect of the Mandalorians. That's why it's, it's so it's a big deal, but it's not like every single Mandalorian never takes their helmet off. Uh, so it's, it is, it obviously is, is, I guess we'll see the point of that in season three of the Mandalorian. I think that's, I think that's the main reason why we got that subplot in that episode because it's going to be important to his journey and season three. I would agree. I, I would have rather have seen Boba Fett inter, uh, and Han Solo interact. And again, I had from multiple, I mean, from multiple places, I had heard the Han Solo rumor for probably about as long as we had heard the Evan Peters rumor in WandaVision. So, and again, depending on what you hear, that was the last, almost literally the last thing cut out of, of episode seven was the Han Solo cameo, whether, whether it was, I only I only mentioned I only thought of it from the 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 uh, Kylo Ben thing just because timing wise it would work. Now that Grogu was gone, it w- it would have made sense. Plus, you would have got the Han Luke scene that we never got in the sequel trilogy. But I mean, he's right. They did kind of let Mando walk off with all their best stuff. <laughs> like like oh yeah, like this this uh, Beskar armor that you got. You got. Like a full body set of it is really nice. Oh, and you have a one of our jetpacks too. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, and you have the the dark saber, the thing that like like makes you our king, I guess. Oh, well, yeah. You know, just keep that. That's fine. Like I understand that like the all the Mandalorians that ta- that follow the way are like like a weird splinter cult or whatever. Now that their numbers are down to I think exactly. Three, I think that's when you start to relax the rules a little bit. <laughs> like Din Djarin taking his helmet off once or twice. You want to you want to enforce the letter of the law and treat like, like a big deal when you have a a coven of thirty eight Mandalorians living together. Okay, I can see that. All of them are dead, but three of you. So like, I think you kind of you kind of start letting things slide until you build the ranks back up. Which is which is a nice sentiment. We just know we know that's not how sex like that work in, in any group or religion. But yes, you are 
and it it is it is interesting. And maybe and don't forget, we probably will have to, we probably will get more of Mandalore of Din Djarin's background at some point too, because we. But they, we what what they should be doing, they should be focusing on like like recruitment. They what they sh- they should be doing that thing that like some religions do, where they just kind of co-opt other things that local religions have to make them more appealing. Like like we need the we need this Mandalorian cult to have their own version of Life Day, and it's just like the Life Day you celebrate, except the presents are bigger. You know, like like do do the whole thing like. <laughs> And then once you got them, that's where you hit them with all the rules. <laughs> I would, I, I, I can, I can, I can live with that. Now, let me look at Ken's email one more time to see if there's something, some aspect of this. Uh, you, but since you answered them all, I'm just trying to, what you going to say? I was going to say, you should probably just wait for Chad, but if you yeah. want to pull out a couple. Yeah, let me let me let me do. I'll, I'll, I don't want to run too long either. So let me let me do F. I'm gonna do that because F is just the stuff about the thorn run. So I really don't think Chad will care that that I I took that one. So F from Ken's email was I wasn't going to talk about the thorn run, but I had to mention two things that bugged me about the book: Nemesini and John's ascension. Why would Nemesini make more than one ring? You had one to two years. I doubt it would have taken that long just just to make one. Well, I guess there would be a uh, Maybe she needed to see how maybe a she needed to see how it worked before she would consider it a success to make another. Or if you're doing something undercover, it's probably less detectable if you only have one. But uh, you had all the time while Joe was in the city enduring. What were you doing? (laughs) It's just sitting on your hands. And why give it to some random human retconning the context of Far Sector instead of one of the 7200 experienced lanterns? Well, because the ring works differently, I would suspect she wanted somebody who was not tied into how uh, their experience with Green Lantern rings and having one way of thinking when it, when it came to using the ring. A blank slate might be better if you're trying to, to have, if you're experimenting with something that works differently, I would suspect that might be better. Uh, with Ganth, let's see, let's see. With Ganth, he really didn't have time after Emerald Twilight as Zero Hour was on the horizon. Guy declined the ring and Kyle was the least likely person to protect the core in the last place. Hal would look even though if we know he, he goes kind of like Luke and, and Tatooine and star Wars, even though Kyle was literally right place, right time. And Ganth, it was out of energy after wasting his time with guy. <laughs> Why not try and change rings or change the rings So they would have their emergency charge, which they definitely had during lights out. And the story had to obviously ignore. I'm not sure where he was going there with that. Why not try? I've always thought that there should be some playing around with the, with the, Oh, the emergency. Well, see, the emergency, the emergency supply was kind of always to me, always built into the idea of of the rings having protecting you from mortal harm. But of course, that's not really true either. But uh, so I'm not really sure there. Why only care about John and Joe? Well, there's a bunch of reasons for that. Mostly probably Thorne's interest in editorial. I mean, he goes, I mean, shit, Kyle, Kyle and Hal each have a larger success rate than those two combined. Well, of course they've been around longer, but we, that's not the direction of the book right now. Best for now. No, the people in charge do not want these characters being the main focus. That's, that's the answer. Why attack the Kaluan scientists? That's an, actually an interesting question. Unless she was going to get it, unless she was going to get in the way and t- and by doing so tip off Koyos, what was going to happen before uh, Nemesini was ready for that to happen. 
I absolutely despise the stupid shock ending Thorn keeps using. Did Simon die? No. Uh, now, whatever, he's okay. Oh, my God, Nemesini is evil. No, she's actually good. It's just lazy writing. Is Why is Krona, I mean, Apiale, Apsa, I mean, Scar, I mean, Koyok's only attacking now. <laughs> I, that was good. That was very nicely done. I miss Apa. I wish they would bring him back. He's long overdue to come back. I'm surprised they have. I think they mentioned him during that, uh, I think in the past, right? When John and Lonar went to see the confrontation with the new gods. Yeah, yes, yes. I think he was one. I saw, even though it's always fun to see Krona, I still thought it was in a way it was a missed opportunity when they did, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, leading up to the War of the Green Lanterns in Brightest Day, that to, to not have that be. Aliopsa, as opposed to being a, oh, you mean like the one we just the had bandage, this guardian, the, band, the bandage guardian? Yeah, I thought yeah. I always thought that was a missed opportunity. It would have been cooler to be, in a way, so many people were probably expecting it at that point to be Aliopsa that it probably it was in a way it maybe it was more of a surprise that it was that, that it was turned out to be. Well, well, it's one of those it's one of those uh those the butler did it reveals because we're like it, we didn't suspect Krona because Krona is not. The chrono's like the size and shape of a human but like oh he was he was actually covered in 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 owen the evolution bandages yeah malthusian whatever bandages it's like it's like oh i actually this is these aren't i'm not a mummy i'm i'm your buddy chrono i'm using this advanced mummy technology (laughs) bullshit that you don't know existed but it makes me look like a regular guardian fooled you haha like that's Mm. That's the kind of thing I'm terrified of being in Thorns Run more than <laughs> it already has been. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like, seriously, what caused him to wake up now? Was it because? Well, I think it has to do with the with the whole planet, the new world, the new universal order that's coming into place, and the United and the, Planets. United Planets. Thank you. And the Guardians of aversion to going along with it are just trying to use that, manipulate it for their own needs. I think that is probably the trigger. Trigger for Koyos to uh, do what put his plan into action. Now, was it was it because Joe finally talked to the prime suspects a year after the destruction or because he had to get ready? Wasn't he ready when he nuked Oa? On the other hand, having John save a town by himself, which, of course, none of the other 300 lanterns could have done because he becomes a god and saves and save the universe is just so contrived that John had to be taken back in time and shot by dark side with some stupid beam to trigger his powers. It's just such. And with the new issue, anyone in their right mind would choose the resurrecting Messiah future. Well, that's not this. I get where he's going with it, but there are some people who have different priorities, so I, they may not do that. Um, this story worked better in Power of Iron, where Kyle had to choose between responsibility or happiness. And don't get me started on the green energy isn't actually part of the emotional spectrum because I don't like Jeff John's crap Thorne is pulling. I know I should have stopped reading a long time ago, but I'm reading it at an obligation to stay updated with Green Lantern. Thank you for your answers and patience. Your show is always awesome. Thank you, Ken. And yes, when Chad returns, whenever the hell that is, we'll make sure, depending on what our topic is, because we know it probably won't be a Green Lantern issue, that maybe we'll do actually this first so we can actually spend time and not have to rush through uh, A through E and I have to make sure I watch your video then seeing all your answers to all these questions. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. It's 25 minutes long. That's not bad. Considering that's not bad. As we get to the end, I start getting more and more like visually elaborate. Like at one point, at one point he asked me, he asked, 
you know, which which Green Lanterns do you think should retire? So I make like a whole game board and I start punching <laughs> out faces as I go. Oh, that's great. All right, Dan, go for it. All right. Time to plug cool things. So I I was on another Green Lantern podcast recently. Uh, I, I recently joined Adam and Donnie on the Emerald Echo podcast to talk about <laughs> Green Lantern number 11, <laughs> actually. <laughs> and I know you all just listened to Mark and I talk about that issue, but it's still worth going and listening to their podcast once we're done here. Because the thing about multiple outlets covering the same series is that everybody approaches the book from a different perspective and gets something different out of it. You can listen to the Lantern cast and Emerald Echo and watch Mosaic Comics and the issue reviews may be a little repetitive, but you'll come away with a much more thorough and well-rounded understanding of the issue because you've consumed so many different points of view. Uh, Emerald Echo is part of the Multiverse Musings podcast network, and you can also find it on YouTube as Multiverse Musings The, Vidca- the Vidcast. Uh, the one I'm on is titled Emerald Echo Spotlight on Green Lantern Number 11 with Dan Kersky from Mosaic Comics. And once you've done that, consider heading over to youtube.com slash C slash Mosaic Comics, because sometimes you want a fun and informative conversation about Green Lantern. So you go to a podcast like this one, but other times you want a well-researched analytical video essay made by somebody who knows way more about Green Lantern than is reasonably healthy. And an entire catalog of those video essays are waiting for you over at Mosaic Comics. Come and continue to enjoy my favorite thing with me. That was nice, Dan. <laughs> oh. All right, I guess I have to do our greeting, our ex- our, our plea for plea for support, please. Uh, all kidding aside, lanterncast.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to track us down there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms that you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or text, 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN and let us know what you think. And, well, I'm going to preface it this way because this way, in case the act of God stuff that's been so prevalent lately comes up, I'm going to hedge my bets enough where where if if something comes up, well, I'm already insulated. Well, there's a decent chance, if, if, in case anybody listened to the mini non-spoiler review of the Batman, there's a decent chance that there's going to be a full spoiler-filled episode review of the Batman coming up soon. Now, may not happen. So if it doesn't come out, if it doesn't come out <laughs> after this, then you know something did happen. But that's the plan right now. And then after that up in the air because it depends on Chad's schedule. And if Chad's not ready to come back yet, then, then who knows? And either, then maybe Dan and I will find something else to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mark enjoys self-sabotaging by announcing publicly what's going to happen so they can then not happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in all honesty, that, if I wasn't doing it facetiously and hedging my bets, I'm de- as I mentioned, I, I'm really not going to do, I'm never going to really do that again, unless something's in the can because of the fact that it's just, it's just asking, it's just asking for trouble. I mean, between the, the DC versus vampire stuff, which I didn't mind pushing back because that was just filler to begin with. 
we'll still do it at some point and we're going to need filler. <laughs> but the reality is that's the main reason we were, we were going to do it when we did because it filled the gap and then other stuff came up and we didn't need to, we didn't need to fill that gap at that time. And obviously things came up with first Chad than you last week. So that's why the uh, Green Lantern 11 episode didn't go out last week. So there's, there's always, there's always wild cards that, that play into it. But yeah, from now on, generally speaking, certainly when Chad and I are doing real regular episodes, we're not, unless something's recorded and we know that it's, that all we have to do is, is edit it. That no, we're not, we're we're not going to tell you what's coming next because our track record on that is crappy. Well, at least we know you'll be able to get a podcast episodes out of Batman content. Just like DC wants you to. You, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you've done one Batman episode last like last week, and now you're going to have another one next week, and slowly the incursion has begun. <laughs> at least on the bright side, at least there'll be, I mean, at least there's Moon Knight that'll be starting soon. It's a diversion. You have o- Obi-Wan in a couple of months. I was Obviously, Doctor Strange, that that countdown uh, and Morbius actually even before Doctor Strange. I keep forgetting about Morbius. Yeah, it's because they moved it so many times. But should I care about Morbius? I really don't, but I, I don't know if I should. I think you probably should. I think I I, I have hopes that it's going to be it's going to be entertaining, but I guess we'll I guess we'll I guess we'll know soon enough. But but obviously even without that, we know Doctor Strange is is fast approaching, and that certainly is going to be bonkers no matter what. Yes, that's May, right? Yes, it's the first week in May, I believe. Nice. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.